This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. The last couple of days have seen Wall Street do a quite an about face. If you remember on Friday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost more than 600 points. Uh, Then on Monday, uh, we saw Wall Street uh, again uh, take a downward turn. Uh, The Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, down as much as 1,500 at one point, ended up losing about 1,100 points. Now today, we have seen a real roller coaster. We have seen the Dow Industrial Average go from everywhere, from down about 250 points to up 300 points, and now uh, almost relatively flat. It is an amazing, amazing run the last uh, last three days on Wall Street. So what is behind the move? Is it the worries about inflation? Is it the current U.S. economy? Is it the dollar itself? There are so many questions to be asked in this realm. We're going to uh, talk about that coming up in just a second with Wharton Professor Jeremy Siegel, who is going to be joining us here in the studio. Professor Siegel, uh, Professor of Finance here at the Wharton School, uh, and certainly somebody that you see on a variety of TV outlets as a a go-to person for understanding what is going on with the markets. Uh, It has been an amazing run, and one of the things that a lot of people have discussed uh, in the last uh, 72 hours is this concern about whether or not we are in an inflationary environment right now and whether or not we are going to see interest rates continue to rise. What is also interesting about the timing of this up-and-down segment of the market is that it occurred right around the time of the switch of Federal Reserve Chairman. Janet Yellen left office on Friday. Jerome Powell entered office on Monday. Uh, is it a bit of a coincidence that uh, that the timing of this happened at the, the same situation? Well, very well could be. Professor Siegel, good to have you here for a few minutes. Um, Thank you. Okay, give us your read on what the last 72 hours of trading has been. Well, the market went up too far too fast in January. I had said so. Uh, uh, what we had is a lot of momentum players. That, uh, these are trend followers that were, you know, the market was up 100, 200 points every day. And they said, hey, I'm going to ride this train. Uh, And more and more jumped on. And they all said, uh, you know, I'll jump off when it stops. So every... Everyone has their, once it goes down a certain amount, some people 1%, 2%, 3%, they have what they're called their stop orders in for selling. As soon as it breaks through that, they jump off the train. And that's what we had yesterday. Everyone said, okay, this, this ride, this crazy ride, which was January, is over. I'm taking my profits and I'm jumping off. And uh, that's basically it. Now, there's always a trigger. Yeah. It's, a, it's usually a minor trigger, the rising interest rates, the Friday employment report, uh, you know, which reported, uh, you know, some pretty strong wage gains, you know, uh, and the yields on the 10-year rising to, uh, you know, 285. These are the things that are these little things that uh, get people nervous enough to, to have one foot ready to jump off. The so trip. then do you think this is is a relative, a relatively momentary yeah. kind of retreat and we will see some sort of moderate growth uh, on the on Wall yeah. Street in the next few days? I think, I mean, I, I, I think the market was 10% overvalued. I mean, uh, uh, you know, last December, I, I called for this year to be zero and 10%. And as the yeah. market kept on going up, they said, oh, Dr. Zeal, you're way too bearish. <laughs> now, you know, for someone to call me too bearish is a, 
That's never the case. I know, they, I, I know. But it was. I was on CNBC once. I was the most bearish uh, uh, forecaster there, and I said, I don't think I've ever been in that position my whole life uh, because I said, listen, I mean, uh, you know, the market went up late last year in anticipation of the corporate tax cut. And, sure. and, yeah. and, and that was, a, and, you know, I was all for it. I think it was a good thing. Yeah. And then it's kept on going up again because the, it was like they kept on using the same rationale to yeah. keep on doing it. And then, of course, it became its own self-fulfilling prophecy. And everyone jumped on and on and on and on. Yeah. And um, there's an old, old saying in the market, up a staircase down the elevator. And that's what we had. If you take a look at the graph of, of uh, you know, high-low closed uh, daily in January, it was up, 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 like a step ladder, yeah. like a step, a, uh, a staircase, and then whew, down the elevator. What do you think is going to be the, the path of the Fed now, at least in, the, in this year, especially with the switch of, uh, of Janet Yellen being out and yeah. Jerome Powell coming in? Well, it seems like every, every new a chair... That's a challenge. Uh, well, and I find it ir- ironic that just as literally Janet Yellen's going out and Jerome Powell's coming in, we see you know a seventeen hundred point drop yeah, on the Dow. Yeah. Well, you remember two months after Alan Greenspan came in, we had October nineteenth, nineteen eighty seven. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, that that's was right. A, yeah. and, and by the way, that was many times this. This is a pipsqueak challenge in comparison to that. I mean, uh, in terms of, you know, we had a four and a half percent decline yesterday compared to a 22 percent decline. So uh, uh, and we also had yields uh, on the 10 years soaring to 10 percent. I mean, a, a totally uh, different situation that was much worse than what we had. Do you think we're, we're going to see, obviously, if some people, when you start to see that type of, uh, of regression uh, on the stock market, a lot of people that have investments want to get out because they're worried. Yeah. And then you have the obviously the buy on the dip, yeah. which obviously may very well happen here today or tomorrow or the next day for some people. Yeah, well, you know, this morning we had a nice turnaround, opened down five, you know, four or five hundred, and yeah. rallied up three hundred, and you know, as you say, it's down as we speak now one twenty. Uh, yeah, you're gonna get a once you get these things, you get a lot of volatility. Uh, uh, will it go down more? Um, it might. I, I think, though, the people buying now are are okay for a longer-term investment. Mm-hmm. I think they were, you know, a, it was a bit pricey, you know, uh, you know, a week and two ago. So, uh, you know, I my feeling is sit pat, sit pat, unless you're a short-term trader and love trading volatility. Yeah. Which very few people do successfully. So, uh, you know, I I urge most people not to try that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I say uh, you sit pat uh, at this particular point. If you've got some, you know, money that you kind of been waiting to put in the market and felt mm-hmm. it ran away from you, you know, maybe this is time to put some of it in, realizing cer- certainly it could go a bit lower before it ultimately gets higher. I think, uh, you know, as I say right now, I, I look at a really fairly mar- a valued market. I don't look at a real undervalued market. But now I think we, we blew off the fluff of uh, that crazy, uh, you know, everyday 200-point gain yeah. that seemed to be the first four weeks of this year. So what do you think, what does this do, this type of, uh, of shift do for things like commodities? Well, um, it, it's interesting. Um, oil is down. So when, when something um, threatens economic activity, and you did ask about the Fed, and I didn't get a yeah. chance really to answer it. Uh, let, me, let me go to the Fed first, because yeah, yeah. that... Uh, what we've seen so far will have zero impact on the Fed. Okay. So the Fed is raising in March. 
Um, The only way this could have an impact if it gets much worse and we see a slowdown. Okay. Um, And, uh, you know, I mean, let's face it. You know, since Trump was elected, we had a 40 percent, you know. Sure. Gain yeah. in the Dow, so we gave back ten. I mean, this is nothing that, in a bigger picture, uh, you know, causes the Fed. To, oh my God! You know, we we have to hold off uh, raising rates. Now, again, if the decline gets worse, if they see a real slowing of economic activity, which we have not, then it's another picture. Uh, yeah. But but you know, from the data that's coming in now, no way uh, is the Fed going to going to pause uh, uh, March at this point. Yeah, because all, all of the data, the economic data and the, the jobs numbers and the uh, and the various other reports have, have continued to be positive. Oh, yeah. Well, so, I mean, the jobs reporters, the, the big problem with the, with the market this year, the, uh, you know, I, I say it's a, class be, a clash between the numerator and the denominator. What do I mean by that? Well, stocks, the, the value of stocks is earnings divided by the interest rate, the mm-hmm. discount rate. Yeah. And earnings are going up. But the discount rate's going up. So yeah. the question is: is which are people? Which is going to go up the fastest? And what you know what happened over the last week when we had that strong job gain, and we also had a, a you know a, a nine-year high in year-over-year earnings gains. All of a sudden, people say, "Oh, oh that interest rate's going up. That yeah. denominator is going up. I'm going to have to discount these earnings, even though the earnings are great." No one's no one's arguing. Yeah, there was uh, there was a stumble on Exxon Mobil and. You know, Apple's sales are not maybe what some people expected. Yeah. But overall, uh, you know, forecasters are raising their estimates of 2018 earnings. And you still have a lot of companies that, that say that they are either going to be adding jobs or bringing back cash. Apple obviously making the statement that they did or, you know, building factories and, and continuing to add production, which are, are all positive factors for the U.S. Oh, yeah. economy there, moving there, forward. There is nothing. I mean, the. The danger for stock investors is not a slowing economy. It's an overheating economy. And you asked about commodities. Um, They've been very firm. Now, we've seen a bit of a sell-off in oil, but don't forget, that's come on the back of huge gains. I mean, a lot of us didn't think oil would get above 60. It almost got to 70, and now it's in the low 60s. you know, we've had huge gains because of the coordinated uh, expansion of the worldwide business. Uh, around the world has increased the demand for oil, more optimism on that. Uh, so commodity prices are firming. They're not out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have you know, anything like the, you know, the 70s inflation, but that firming of those commodity prices is one of the factors Fed looks at and, uh, you know, is another reason why I believe certainly at this point, unless markets get much worse, uh, you know, uh, an increase in March is in the bag. Wharton professor uh, Jeremy Siegel joining us here in studio. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I want to go back to uh, something you were mentioned about the wage growth, uh, which I believe was, what, 2.9% on the yeah. on the latest report. Uh, for those that are listening, how does that correlate to the concern about interest rates? Well, so this is important. Wage growth is good if it's caused by productivity growth. Um, then it's great. We've had a little bit of firming of productivity growth, but not enough. Th- this wage growth looks in excess, and that increases what we call unit labor costs, which puts cost pressures on firms, which induces them to pass through these cost pressures into final prices. Now, this could take a long time, and I, I wouldn't panic yet. We've had this one month, uh, you know, year-to-year increases, but with the unemployment rate down to 4.1%, 
well below what the Fed thinks is, uh, you know, the natural rate of unemployment, which sparks wage increases. Um, uh, with uh, with the gains we see in employment, we had two hundred thousand. We if we get one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand new jobs per month through the remainder of this year, yeah, we're going to be not only below four percent, we may be below three and a half percent. And I don't know any case in post World War II history where that has not brought about. Uh, rapid wage gains that have to move into prices. I, I was going to say, I, the, the fact that you could be even looking at a, at an unemployment rate that is in the 3.5% range is amazing. Is amazing. Now, I will throw something to you as well that I follow with the jobs report every month, uh, is the labor participation rate. Yeah, which I, is, I follow too. Which is still down in, you know, below but 63. But stabilized. But, but, but in the you, last four years. But uh, do, you think <clears> that, do you think that rate has the ability to go higher? Like, I mean, it, it used must. to be like 66, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, don't forget, we have the demographic, the boomers retiring is a, a, way, a okay. wave of force that's Dragging it down. Okay. So um, the only way it could rise now is if people get so optimistic about people that are not looking now say, oh my God, there's such great opportunities there. I'm going to start looking. Right. Um, and to some extent, that's what's been happening, but it has to overcome the steady retirement of the boomers, which is accelerating at this prime. That's why the participation rate actually peaked in the year 2000 and has been going down. It yeah. went down very rapidly during the economic crisis, yeah. more than economists expected. Yeah. Now it's stabilized and it's hit the trend line of what economists I, expected. I, I wanted to ask you then, is that is that 62 or 63 percent range in the labor participant rate, is that kind of the new norm now? Uh, in fact, I think it's going to continue to drift downward over the next 10 years. Really? Yeah, because of the baby boomers. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're an aging population. Don't forget, it. it's not those age 18 through 65. It's everyone over 18. Yeah. I think actually everyone over 16. I'm not sure what the cutoff is. So yeah. as baby boomers retire, that rate is in a secular decline. Yeah. So the number of jobs then we will continue to see will still be fairly strong, the, the available jobs out there. And, and I will throw in the factor you have the baby boomers declining, but you also have the millennials who took a lot longer to start to have families. And that kind of lengthens out the the, the, the numbers of people that well, we have overall moving forward. Yeah, but they won't enter the labor. You know, they're having families, children starting at 16 years, then they enter in the labor yeah, force. Right, yeah. So that's a big delay. Yeah. So, the, you know, the millennials are, you know, mostly working. Uh, as I say, I think a few people in retirement, you know, people are living longer, interest rates are low. Some of them will actually one of the very few areas where the participation rate is raising is those over 65. Yeah. They're coming back yep. Yep. because yep. they, you know, they don't have enough savings. Yeah. Uh, but they're a, still a very small. They can't offset the the tidal wave of retirements of the baby boomers. So just from immigration and population alone, we're generating 50 to 80,000 jobs. We can't continue to have 150 to yeah. 200 and not lower that unemployment rate. Quickly about 30 seconds left. Uh, the expectation for rate increases this year, three? Uh, you know, I'm beginning to think four. Really? In, in wow. Less, yeah. Um, and no one knows until the data evolves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, again, unless we have a slowdown in job growth that's significant, yeah. uh, I, I think now the Fed is going to raise it every quarterly meeting. 
Great seeing you again, Professor. Thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for having and me. And don't forget, you hear uh, Professor Siegel uh, every Friday here on Sirius XM 111 uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time behind the markets uh, right here with uh, Jeremy Schwartz, uh, his, go, his good uh, partner in doing that show. Thanks again, Professor. All the best. Thanks for having me. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.